What's up, y'all? BC, back with another special interview for you. Supreme Being, the podcast, every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific, sponsored by Team BC, my real estate team. If you guys need anything real estate, you want to send us a referral, you have any questions, buying, selling, investing worldwide, uh, make sure that you go to teambcsold.com. Uh, number two, if you're interested in working and being a part of my team and you're involved in real estate, go to partnerwithteambc.com, uh, watch that video, and then sign up for a phone call that you'll have with me and my partner, AJ. And lastly, we just wrapped up an awesome weekend in Vegas with my Modern Success crew. That's my coaching program. Make sure you go to briancastello.com, or if you follow me on Instagram, you can go to uh, the link in my bio and check out my coaching program. Sign up, very affordable for all of you. I don't care what you do, all right? So, Aaron. Yes. Welcome, my friend. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate yeah. it. I know we did your podcast, uh, what, like a month ago? Yeah, it was about a month ago. About a month ago, dude. Welcome to the show. Um, yeah, get a quick introduction, dude, to everybody. Some people already know you because they see us in the boxing videos, but for those who don't know. Yeah, so my name is Aaron Morales. Um, I actually box with Brian over at uh, South Main and Chino Hills. I am a fellow entrepreneur. Um, I own a gym in the city of industry, and uh, also in the city of Dwight. It's called Powerhouse Fitness. Um, I just recently opened up a meal prep company called Fresh and Fuego. Um, so kind of, you know, in the mix with all the business stuff, you know, I, I really uh, enjoy listening to what you have to say, man, and all your motivational stuff. So, you know, definitely thankful to be on the podcast. Dope, man. Thanks for being here. Fresh and Fuego, huh? Yeah. You're riding that, uh, that, that uh, emoji stuff, right? Yeah. I, I wanted something a little bit more catchy and not yeah. like, you know, fucking uh, No Fear Mills or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, I wanted something a little bit more that would, uh, I guess catch the eye a little bit and if I put it on like a billboard mm -hmm. it wasn't you know it was something a little bit more presentable not right. you know you know what I'm saying yeah I feel yeah. You. so before obviously you're, you're doing a lot now were you always an entrepreneur or did that come later on oh I would like to say man well I started off when I was younger definitely an athlete um, so I kind of relate to you in the sense of not necessarily the basketball stuff uh, but soccer. So me, I grew up playing soccer. I played soccer since I was, I would say, five years old, high school, AYSO club, um, academy. Then I played a little bit of semi-pro. Right. Um, nice. And I went to, played a little bit in college. And my sophomore year, junior year of college, I kind of just gave it up because, uh, I wouldn't say gave it up, but I kind of came to a crossroads where it was like, mm -hmm the amount of money professional soccer players make versus the amount of money that I want to make is yeah. nowhere near compatible. You know, now it's way different, you know, with endorsement deals, but yeah. back in, you know, 2010, a yeah. soccer player's average salary was like $34,000 a, a season. Yeah. So it's like ridiculous. It's not like football. It's not like basketball. With 34 grand, dude, I could fucking barely live, you know? If that. Yeah. So I don't, I, I, um, I quickly had a change of heart and I fell into, um, physical therapy, mm -hmm. but kind of backtrack before college. Um, you know, I was always, you know, collecting cans, mm -hmm. um, recycling stuff. I was flipping phones on Craigslist. Right. So I would buy and sell iPhones and flip those on Craigslist. Um, I flipped a couple cars. Wow. Um, so I would pick up um, a car not registered under my name, mm -hmm. you know, haggle the person for the price and go ahead and then just flip the car to the next person without having to transfer any pink slip information. So it was just basically, I was like a liaison yeah. in a sense. Yeah. Um, so I did that, um, kind of, you know, anything, not, I wouldn't say anything, but you know, I, I appreciated the challenge mm -hmm. and then, you know, kind of backtrack a little bit further and I'm kind of going a little bit out of order. Um, but okay. right out of high school, um, I remember receiving this letter in the mail from, uh, it was Cutco. Yeah. And it was basically like these gourmet knives yeah. 
and it was like, hey, you know what? You can make 18 to $24 an hour selling knives. And I remember looking at my mom, I'm like, mom, like, I think this is it right here. You know, I'm fucking yeah. 18 years old. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking sell some knives right now. Yeah. You know, I had no idea what the hell I was getting into. Um, so I went to the, um, I went to the little presentation that they had. Uh, you had to get all dressed up. And to me, like entrepreneur at that time was like, you know, suit and tie, looking professional. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just, I dug that. You know, I, yeah. I like looking clean cut. I like, I wanted that sense of respect, Yeah. you know? Um, so I go there and they give me this, this spiel and I, that was probably the first time I was sold. Yeah. You know, I was like, man, you know, I, I can make this money selling knives. I'm gonna go around door knocking. I'm gonna sell knives to all my fucking family. You know, yeah. every person that comes across me is gonna is gonna buy this set of knives right here. You know, and they, they do that presentation and uh, they give you a set of kitchen shears and yeah. they're like, oh, you know what? This is part of the prezo. You're gonna cut this penny. So, you know, lo and behold, they, the guy busts out a penny and he cuts a penny with his, with his kitchen shears. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, how did you just cut, you know, this penny with this set yeah. of kitchen shears? So at that, at that point, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm gonna give this a shot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I made sure that, you know, I had all my nice clothes ready to go. You know, that was the first time I was really introduced to like scripts and, yeah. um, role-playing and you know that's kind of how I initially started that real entrepreneur bit right. without having to you know go do car washes or cut lawns and stuff like that you right. know that was kind of my first introductory um, and then kind of after that you know that lasted for maybe about six to eight months um, after that I was you know simultaneously I was going to school playing soccer and um, you know I kind of lost touch with that and then when I stopped playing soccer uh, my dad had me work in um, in a warehouse where he was at over at um, Orange County Container, which is off of Vineland and Nelson. Okay. And it was a box plant, corrugated box plant. Mm -hmm. And he was like, look, dude, he's like, you know, I know you're in school. He's like, I want you to work here so you never have to work here ever again. Yeah. You know, and that's something that, that stuck to me uh, because, you know, here I am, you know, 21, 22 years old in this yeah. box plant working 2.30 to 2.30. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm Mexican, but I don't speak much Spanish and I'm yeah. here with nothing but, you know, Mexican people, they're fucking calling yeah. me Chicharito because they know I fucking play soccer, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm just like, dude, I'm here, you know, um, wrapping pallets <laughs> with, with, uh, yeah. with the, with the, with the, not the saran wrap, but that the yeah, pallet wrap, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, feeding boxes. And I was through a temp agency. So mm -hmm. my dad got me in through a temp, ag temp agency um, because they wouldn't hire me on. Yeah. So the guy next to me was making 16 to $20 an hour. And here I'm at his fucking temp agency making 825. Wow. So I'm doing, you know, 10 hours of work. And then at the end of the week, my check's like $321. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, there's no way that I can do this ever again. So yeah. I worked there. Um, for you know, a solid summer, yeah. and then after that, I had a couple odds and ends jobs. You know, while I was finishing up school and doing the whole PT stuff, and kind of during a mix of all that mm -hmm. was when the the personal training stuff happened. Um, when the gym started happening, it was just kind of a, a whirlwind when things started to go on for me. Yeah. So uh, you do it with Brandon, yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So how did that start? Were you guys always friends, and you'd always talked about this, or did it just kind of? No, click? actually, I grew up with Brandon's younger brother, so I'm 27. Okay. Brandon is, I think, uh, your age or a little bit younger. He's a little uh, younger. Yeah. So I grew up with Brandon's brother. So I fell into um, the gym business because probably I would say it was around. I'm thrown off with a little bit of years, but I know I opened up Powerhouse in 2013. So I was prior to that, I had worked at LA Fitness for a year. The location that I went to, 2013, you guys opened? No, uh, I had a spot in Covina. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a spot oh, in Covina okay. off okay. Vincent and San Bernardino. That was my Got first it. spot. 
So kind of backtrack again. Yeah. Uh, back in 2012, uh, while I was at Cal State Fullerton, I, um, I applied for my personal training certification, took the courses, because uh, I was a kines major over at Cal State Fullerton. And I did that whole bit, passed, and then I had an interview at LA Fitness in West Covina off of uh, Zuzan and Roland. Right. And it was like an old valleys, you know, yeah. kind of rundown gym, nothing fancy. Yeah. Yeah. And they were looking for a personal trainer and I went in for an interview and they're just kind of like, look, do you have experience? I'm like, well, I have a background in Kines from Cal State Florida and I'm in like a year or two deep, um, but I haven't yet trained anybody professionally. I mean, you know, I've helped buddies out. I've always had a trainer. I've always been in sports, right. um, been on point with my nutrition, um, but I haven't not trained anybody in professional setting. It's like, you know what? We'll take it. We'll, we'll you're the best candidate right now. Um, we'll bring you in. I guess they were, they were looking for a trainer at that time. Right. And I just took off. Yeah. You know, I took off, packed my schedule. You know, I already had, you know, a familiarity with, with sales yeah. and, uh, you know, that whole niche. And I wasn't, and I wasn't uh, scared to ask for the sale. Yeah. So, you know, I did well. I was there for about a year. And um, I ended up, while during that time, I ended up opening a boot camp um, at Thomas Burton Park over in Hacienda Heights yeah. while I was training. And that was definitely frowned upon in the corporate um, LA fitness setting because you weren't able to steal clients and take them out or steal clients and take them out to an outside setting. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to eat. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. You know, I don't want to be here for the rest of my life. Yeah. I definitely know that I'm a lot more valuable than what they're paying me for mm -hmm. a 30 minute session. I was getting like $7 and 50 cents. Wow. Yeah. So it was LA fitness. LA fitness. Yeah, yeah. It was like, Cause they paid wow. by half hour. Their yeah. sessions over there are 30 minutes. Yeah. Wow. So which you couldn't really get much done, but I would always stretch it for my clients and stuff like that. So, Anyways, opened up a, um, a boot camp or Thomas Burton Park. And then uh, fast forward a little bit, I remember getting a call from the VP of LA Fitness for my mm -hmm. district yeah. saying, uh, hey, Aaron, this is Mike Melanie. Um, you know what? I found out that you're running a boot camp in the, in the, in the park. You know, I'm going to have to 86 you, man. Uh, you know, because, you know, that goes against the, the corporate policy. Stand policy. Yeah. And I was like, look, no, dude, I totally understand. But prior to that, I had learned how to cancel my client's contracts at LA Fitness. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I would, I mean, I'm sure no one from LA Fitness is gonna fucking watch this video, yeah. but you know, you would put a prepaid debit card on file. Yeah. It would decline three times. LA Fitness doesn't take anybody to collections. Yeah. I would change their their yeah. phone number on file so they could still use their gym membership. Yeah. And then basically their their payment would decline three times for their personal training. Yeah. And um, it would cancel their contract. Yeah. And then I took them on the outside with me. Nice. So I went to a small private gym over on Azusa and San Bernardino, just up the street a little bit. Yeah. And um, I personally trained there for a little bit, um, got real cool with the owner. And then I ended up opening my own spot in yeah. 2013, which was in Covina. Nice. So yeah, a lot of a whirlwind yeah. of stuff happened. Um, after that, I had reconnected with um, Brandon over at, um, at 24 Punta Hills one time. Um, he was interested in what I was doing, mm -hmm. so I brought him on. Nice. And then, uh, you know, kind of showed him the ropes and stuff like that, picked on or, you know, kind of caught on relatively quickly, yeah. didn't have any issues. He had a passion for it, um, like-minded individual. And then we also, um, mm -hmm. I met Corey through him, our other business partner. Yeah, right. So um, same thing, you know, caught on, caught on relatively quickly, um, a passion for it. And, um, you know, we kind of outgrew that spot um, at Co in Covina and then we were kicked out because we just got too big. Yeah. So that came to the point where we're at now. I had the one in industry back in 2016, January 1st, 2016 is when I when we signed the lease over there. But prior to that, um, I sold a portion, I sold a portion of equity to both of them. I'm mm -hmm. look, if I'm going to do this, 
um, on my own in the industry is a high turnover rate for trainers. Trainers are a dime a dozen, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go anywhere and fuck it. Everybody's a personal trainer nowadays, just like I'm sure everybody's like a real estate agent, yeah, you know? Of course. Um, it's very hard to weed out, you know, solid individuals. And mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew in my head that if I'm gonna be successful, I'm gonna need a team and I need some backup. Absolutely. So I, um, I decided to be unselfish and sell a portion of equity to lock them in because I know when people have um, a sense of not entitlement, but you know, ownership, they work a lot harder. Of course. You know, because I learned that early on um, prior or before moving to that uh, location in the industry, I had opened up a pho restaurant with uh, my best friend at the time. We had a falling out right over here off of Lemon and Golden Springs. Okay. And um, that was just a disaster. Yeah, so um, that's kind of how we got to the City of Industry location. That's how I met Brandon, how I met Corey, and then it just kind of just took off from there. Dope, man. Now, you made it sound really simple and easy. What were maybe some of the biggest roadblocks you had starting out? Where you, Was it trouble for you to get money? Was it trouble for you to get clients? Was marketing hard? Um, you know, getting Brandon up to speed, was that a challenge? You know, what was that like for you in the beginning stages, or what would you say were the most challenging portions of that journey that you from, just described? Um, I'd say the most challenging portions at first was the money aspect. Uh, you know, I had saved a little bit of money when I first, before I first started um, the gym. Yeah. But I kind of just took a leap of faith and took yeah. something on, and I put down my deposit for the location, mm-hmm. and I really had no idea how the fuck I was going to come up with the next month's rent. Yeah. I just knew I was going to have to grind it out. I was giving sessions away for like $10, $15 a session. I was just wow. taking yeah. anything. I actually built my business before Craigslist was all saturated and full of shit um, off Craigslist. So I would run ads before trainers were running ads all over Craigslist and before that was big. So back in like 2013, um, I would run personal training ads. I was like the only personal trainer on Craigslist that I could see. And I got a a ton of hits. So um, clientele was never really the issue. It was just more of that first initial step of figuring everything Mm -hmm. out. Um, And after that, it was kind of learning how to um, real quick, real quick. Yeah. When you had the clientele, you had a background in sales. You studied it a little bit. You mentioned uh-huh. the role playing scripts. How important was that for you for retention, keeping people there, keeping them motivated, and really creating the experience? Because I, I think that's yeah. what separates my team in the aspect of our business is we create an experience. Can you talk about that? Because I know that's important. Yeah. For no, us. it's it's crucial. Um, the the experience and the rapport that you care that you carry with your clientele is you know um, second to none. Because if you don't have that rapport you know, you're not gonna maintain that retention with the client. So a lot of it's yeah. the attitude when they first come in, making feel ma- making people feel comfortable. Cause yeah. when you enter into a gym, um, predominantly female, and then also men that are coming in looking for guidance, um, it's kind of like a alpha male thing, like a trip to the ego. It's like, look, I'm not gonna ask another guy for help cause it's, you know, makes yeah. me feel inferior. Yeah. When in reality it's like, I've had a trainer, I've always had a trainer, I don't look yeah. at it like that. So it's kind of changing the person's perspective mm-hmm. and allowing them to feel comfortable so, you know, my background in sales was just like, okay, let me tell you how I'm gonna get you to their goal. Because people are gonna pay you something, right. but they don't wanna waste their money. You know, they wanna make sure that you're gonna get them from point A to point B. And mm-hmm. a lot of times people wanna see results or your track record. Right. You know, so it was, there was the process of me, you know, gathering uh, whether it was uh, testimonials from other clients, yeah. them seeing other clients, and then, you know, being able to, again, uh, you know, just different techniques that I learned to make people want to be a part of, you know, powerhouse and, Mm -hmm. you know, embark on that experience or in that journey, because, you know, a a lot of times I had other people that would train 
Um, I've had other friends that would train clients and they would be too afraid to ask them for money. That was like when I first started out was asking for money yeah. was I was kind of hesitant because I didn't know, well, I'm young. You know, I don't want people to know how old I really am. Limiting beliefs. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I was like, I was afraid to ask yeah. for what I felt, what I knew I was worth. Yeah. So. And then in regards to your brand, and that's a great point that you brought up. What would you say were the things that you focused on then and now to say, hey, powerhouse is different because X, Y, Z? It was a lot of it was the ambiance when you come inside because yeah. a lot of trainers are knowledgeable. A lot of trainers can get you from point A to point B, but it was definitely that comfortability factor and that non-judgment zone. Because a lot of times when you go into gyms, you see like, you know, buff dudes and just like dogging you, talking shit. I'm like, dude, I don't got they're fucking staring you down. Yeah. You know, like being their <laughs> chest and shit. I was like, when, when you come in here, yeah. it's a super comfortable environment. Even now to this day, when anybody walks through my doors, they're greeted. Yeah. Uh, hello, hey, how's it going? To automatically break down that first barrier. Yeah. You know, so you have to be greeted with a smile, um, kind of if you need a, a demo or excuse me not a demo a, a walkthrough of the gym to kind of yeah. see where everything's at right. before we get into the preso or before we're gonna mm -hmm. before we're gonna talk about any type of sales we go over first it's the the, the greeting and then okay yeah. uh, what are your goals yeah so get to you know right down to the to the root of things before we even talk about mm -hmm. any other type of payment or whatever yeah. the case may be and another big one that we kind of still follow through today is before I used to give a free session mm -hmm. Um, and I wouldn't ask for payment right from the get-go because I felt that that would help with the comfortability and people could see what they're getting. Yeah. And even now to this day, we do offer a free week and then we offer an intro offer. But I never sell people on the intro offer first. Mm -hmm. I always give them the option for the free week because I never want to look like a liar or I forgot to tell somebody something. Exactly. Uh -huh. yeah. Smart, man. Dope. So um, you knew you had to get a team, which is important, and you saw the importance of scaling and having... Uh, people to delegate with because uh -huh. it's too tough to do it on your own. Was that a tough lesson for you to learn or did you get that right away? Because that I think is the biggest thing, bro, because, and you can talk about this, my issue when doing that was, fuck, I only trust myself. Oh, I know 100%. if I do this shit, it's going to be done correctly. Yeah, you wish and it was I, like five views. And I'm going to watch everyone like a hawk, but you have to be able to let go and be okay if they do make a mistake and you fixing it. How was that process for you, bro? Because that was the most difficult for me, for sure. Even to this day, dude, because I remember coming to your to your seminar um, about a week ago, and it's something that I still struggle with yeah. uh, to this day, and, and not nearly as much as I did back then, mm -hmm. but delegating back then was, um, was a little bit more difficult until I felt that Brandon and Corey were up to speed, and mm -hmm. then you know I trusted them wholeheartedly because they are good individuals, and kind of how our, our business model, model runs, um, and they can attest to this as well, is that I lead, mm -hmm. and then along the way while I lead, they kind of course correct. Like, yeah. hey, this is a good idea, this is a good idea. So um, while, we're, while we're running in that direction, um, I can delegate stuff, slowly delegating things here and there, and, mm -hmm. and, and felt that I was building that trust with them to them to follow through. Right. Uh, but that was just with them. Now it's a different story when we have, you know, Mark, Arturo, Alondra, Marissa, everybody else, that works with me now, or works with us now, it's, you know, taking some time and and kind of just, you gotta just throw it out there and, and kind of see what happens, but definitely give them some guidelines to follow through. Right. But it was, it was definitely something that was difficult for me and it still is difficult for me because I don't want anything to fail or go wrong. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, I know, and, and that's a tough kind of like a plank to walk, you know uh -huh. what I mean? It's like almost like you're walking that little tightrope in between the Grand Canyon and one no, little slip. No, 100%, pop. dude. And then obviously the more uh, locations that you open, 
the more that's at risk yes. as you scale and you make more money. And that's what I tell people because they'll be like, oh, you know, if I had two gyms, I'm cool. I'm, I'm coasting. But there's yeah. a tremendous amount of responsibility that comes with that and the people, employees. Yeah, no, know? 100%. It's almost that you want to, well, at least with my team, I don't put a ceiling on anything because I feel right yeah. now I have like the founding fathers of mm-hmm. what's going to allow for expansion. Mm-hmm. And I make sure that it's very evident that they see the growth and the opportunity within the company. Mm-hmm. Um, because as soon as people don't see growth or they see a ceiling, they want out. You know, yeah. so I have to make sure that I'm constantly on my A game, creating more, so I can then create more opportunity for my team within, and it's going to allow me to be more successful. Uh, because the 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 positions that I have right now are, I guess, yes, they're disposable in the sense that like I could find somebody else, but I've already entrusted and you know built relationships with these mm-hmm. people that I value them a lot, and I feel that's crucial you know, for the success of, you know, the remain the coming years of the business. Absolutely. A question I'd like to ask, and I'm sure people would want to know, is there like a certain amount that you allocate from uh, the profits of the company to reinvest back into the business? The certain that to reinvest back into the business right now, we've, um, we've been recycling. I want to say, I'm trying to run the numbers in my head right now. Cause I have a certain, yeah, I have a certain, it's at least more than 30% okay. because of that 100%, I have stuff go to payroll, um, you know, overhead expenses. I'll, I'll yeah. keep, leave those as two categories. And then everything else, 30, 40% gets recycled back mm-hmm. into the to the gym. I only take, um, you know, a small portion, myself, Brandon, and Corey, uh, because we're on insurance. Yeah. And due to insurance reasonings, I have to take, you know, X amount of dollars per right. month um, right, to right. put myself on payroll. But right now we're just recycling everything back because we do all we also do personal training. Because mm-hmm. uh, the way my business model is set up is we have our clientele that's set up on the Fit Camp memberships, which is kind of like a boot camp style mm-hmm. that we run. And then yeah. in addition to that, we also all do personal training. Yeah. So I don't really ever have to dip from yeah. the boot camps because we have a residual um, that comes from yeah. the Fit Camp that pays for my payroll, my overhead expenses, and still puts money back mm-hmm. into the gym. And I handle the financials, so I was able to maneuver it in the way that I was able to purchase my second gym in Duarte, and that's gonna set us up for the third location that we're hoping to do in La Habra. Dope, yeah. Talk a little bit about that location and then what you see like the next year or two looking like as far as how you're navigating this thing now. In terms of which location? Uh, the the newest one. Okay. Because you, Duarte, you opened up not too long ago. Yeah. And then uh-huh. you're going now for La Habra. That's it, the next project. Yeah, that's the, yeah. that's the next project that we're working on. Uh, just finishing up some final touches up in Duarte and um, you know, just continue to scale from there. It's, yeah. it's a smaller location. It's a little shy of 3,000 um, square feet. So I, you, I guess you can say it's considered a little bit of boutique. So we'll, we'll hit our cap um, this year mm-hmm. over there. And then, you know, kind of after that, just branching into um, the La Habra, Brea, Fullerton area. Because I was always seeing myself moving down the 57, yeah. you know, just kind of popping up the locations um, along the 57 moving into that direction. Yeah. And right now we're just kind of making sure that the budget stays tight. Um, mm-hmm. how I, how we operated the, um, the move from industry to Duarte was, um, we ran a little bit overstaffed. Mm-hmm. So the goal for this next year of 2020 is right now we're in the search of a couple more interns. Um, cause I usually put everybody through mm-hmm. a three month, um, internship before yeah. they're offered any type of position yeah. or even paid. So, so I want to make sure that you're able yeah. to, you know, follow through with the workload and that you're committed. Yeah. You know, so I try and weed out yeah. everybody that says, oh yeah, I'm about it. Yeah. You know, cause it's like I said, trainers are a dime a dozen. So I want to see people that have that, that yeah. mentality right. and they can hang, hang with it. Cause I know that when the money's coming out of our pocket to pay you, it's money well spent. 
Of course. You know? Um, So right now we're in the process of looking for some interns, run over staffed between Mm -hmm. industry and and Duarte. So that way when we do find the location Mm -hmm. in La Habra, um, we're kind of ready to rock and roll, kind of going to give the the gyms a little revamp, make sure everything's color matched, kind of that way I can stamp it from industry to Duarte to La Habra and make sure everything is systemized. That's the the biggest um, obstacle is making sure that it's just Mm -hmm. plug and play. Of course, yeah. And I think this would be a good time, dude, because obviously we're probably going to do a second episode. Right now, plug uh, all your social media stuff, uh-huh. uh, the locations if you want. Also now, for anybody listening who may be a potential intern, uh-huh. if they're interested, how to go about contacting you for that opportunity. Yeah, so definitely. the uh, My personal Instagram is Aaron underscore Powerhouse Fit. Um, you can also follow my podcast, which is I-A-M-M. Uh, the podcast is the I Am Podcast. Our Powerhouse Instagram is Powerhouse underscore Fit. And then powerhouse fit underscore Duarte, um, and we also have the Fresh and Fuego. Um, those are all the Instagrams, and all the platforms that you can search on um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, and then the the podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube as well. So if you guys are interested in any of those categories, be sure to hit me up, and I'll take care of you guys. No, bro. So thanks for being Appreciate on the it. show. Yes, thank you, man. Thanks for coming back. We'll definitely do a second one. Um, but yeah, Team BC Soul sponsors this podcast, Supreme Being. Make sure you check us out. Shoot us a message if you need anything. If you guys want to work with me and be a part of the team, go to partner with Team BC. And lastly, um, if you want to go to my events and be closer to me and get access to guys like Aaron, make sure you guys join Modern Success and you'll be a part of the crew. All right, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace.